This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. It's Friday, December the 10th. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. And our top story today is that an inquest has found police mistakes probably led to the deaths of three of serial killer Stephen Port's victims, which included a 21-year-old man from Gravesend. Daniel Whitworth was one of four men drugged and killed by Port between 2014 and 2015. A jury's concluded officers in East London missed repeated opportunities to catch him, despite the near-identical circumstances for each of his four murders. The families claim the failings stemmed from homophobic prejudice. They've released a joint statement through their lawyer, Neil Hudgel. We welcome today's conclusions. The jury has obviously taken great care and considerable time to return these clear failings. We feel thoroughly vindicated by their findings. The inadequate investigation by the Metropolitan Police into the deaths of Anthony, Gabriel, Daniel and Jack should be on public record as one of the most widespread institutional failings in modern history. The jury have been unanimous in identifying fundamental failings and basic errors in the investigation into Anthony's death, which meant that Port was not stopped and was allowed to carry on with his terrible acts. On the jury's findings, we continue to believe that had the police done their job properly in the first place, Gabrielle, Daniel and Jack would not have been killed and other young men would not have been drugged and raped by him. We are incensed by the police's successful attempts to prevent the jury from examining whether prejudice played any part in the police's actions. The coroner did not rule that the police were not homophobic and our position remains unchanged. Based on the treatment we received, our firmly held belief is that the Metropolitan Police's actions were, in part, driven by homophobia. Had four white heterosexual girls been found in the same manner as Anthony, Gabriel, Daniel and Jack, then the police's actions and the likely outcomes would have been different. Barrister Dr Anton Van Dellen represents Ricky Wormsley, who was Daniel Whitworth's partner when he was killed by Port. Ricky cared for Daniel a great deal and absolutely adored him. Daniel was Ricky's first love and meant a great deal to Ricky, who still misses him a lot. Ricky is shocked to hear the extent of the police incompetence and is very critical of the IOPC for failing to find that a single officer had a case to answer for misconduct or gross misconduct. Ricky continues to believe that there was police prejudice during the investigation into Daniel's death as Ricky was not treated as a member of Daniel's family during that time. Given the jury's findings, Ricky calls on the commissioner of the Metropolitan Police, Cressida Dick, to resign with immediate effect. And this is the response this afternoon from Helen Ball, the Metropolitan Police Assistant Commissioner. Today, after hearing seven weeks of detailed evidence, 
an inquest jury has determined that Anthony Wargate, Gabriel Cavari, Daniel Whitworth and Jack Taylor were unlawfully killed. They have also found that the deaths of three of those young men, Gabriel, Daniel and Jack, could probably have been prevented had the initial police responses and investigations been better. It is a devastating finding. Our thoughts are with everybody who loved these young men. We are so sorry for their loss. And we're also deeply sorry that there were failings in the police investigations and the responses to their murders. I give my own and the Met's heartfelt apologies. All those who loved Anthony and Gabriel and Daniel and Jack expected a thorough and professional police investigation into their deaths. And it's a great sadness for me and for everybody at the Met that this didn't happen. We want to give the families and Daniel's partner the opportunity to talk to us so that we can hear their views and listen to their concerns. The Commissioner has offered to meet with them personally, and so have I, and we will take this forward according to their wishes. We've been working to rebuild trust in the Met for some time now, and we completely accept that people's trust in us has been damaged by a number of recent events. What has happened in connection with the deaths of these four young men is part of that damage, and we know has a particular impact in communities local to Barking and LGBT plus communities across London. And so it's very important now to show that we are trustworthy, that we care, that we have changed and that we are learning so that we can work with every person and every community to help protect them. We will examine the jury's findings and the recommendations that the coroner makes in her report to prevent future deaths very carefully and we will act on those findings and those recommendations. The whole of the Met is committed to improving our investigations, our relationships and the trust that people have in us. Kent Online News. Other top stories today and two men who carried out a brutal attack on a woman they didn't know outside a pub in Ramsgate have been jailed. She spent eight weeks having to eat through a straw after being assaulted when she challenged their rude behaviour in the smoking area of the York Arms in January last year. The 29 and 26-year-olds have had extra prison time added to their sentences for drug dealing. Two brothers have been jailed for sexually assaulting a child in Dover. A court heard Kai and Robbie Dunn had given the victim cannabis and alcohol before abusing them at their home in Westbury Road in 2017. The 23 and 21 year olds both pleaded guilty and have been locked up for a total of 11 years. Police have confirmed they've launched an investigation into the death of a baby following an incident at a nursery in Ashford. Nine-month-old Oliver Steeper choked on food at Jelly Beans Day Nursery in September and passed away in hospital six days later. The site in the King's North part of town closed down weeks after the tragedy after its 
its registration was suspended by Ofsted. Searches have been continuing today for the rider of a motorbike which hit a police officer in a Kent village. They needed hospital treatment after being struck in New Hythe Lane in Larkfield yesterday afternoon. We're told the rider fled on foot while the bike has been seized. A police helicopter had been seen helping with the search in Chatham. Now, the son of a former Vice Lord Lieutenant of Kent is at the centre of the Downing Street Christmas party scandal. Ed Oldfield, who went to King's School in Rochester, is the man who can be heard joking with Boris Johnson's former press secretary in the video obtained by ITV News earlier this week. The 23-year-old is the one asking Allegra Stratton mock questions about an alleged gathering at number 10 last December. Would the Prime Minister condone having a Christmas? What's the answer? I don't know. I didn't know. It was cheese and wine. Just be clear, it's not. Is cheese and wine all right? It was a business meeting. I'm joking. (laughs) Just recorded. This fictional party was a business meeting. Well, today, Downing Street has announced its Christmas party this year has been cancelled as the new Omicron COVID variant spreads through the country. And because of that new variant, Plan B restrictions are coming into force. From today, face masks are mandatory in most indoor spaces. Professor Martin Michaelis is a virologist at the University of Kent and was on the lowdown on our Facebook Live last night. The main issue, I guess, and that is something we should have learned from this pandemic, is the later we Point, the more serious and the more more sweeping the measures will have to be. So the earlier you start to keep the numbers lower, the less restrictions we will have to endure. We have a virus, it's mutating, we get all sorts of new variants. I can't tell you whether this is the last one, probably not, probably there will be more, probably there will be worse one in the future. That's just basically nature and how it develops and we can do what we can do. Um, what living with COVID means is, is also is as much a scientific as a societal and political question because the first, the, the, the first question is, which price are we prepared to pay for living with COVID? So at the moment, we have 100 to 150 deaths a day. That makes it one of the top three causes of death that we have. Our life expectancy is, has shrunk for the first time since it has been recorded. So that's a serious disease. We have a huge impact. Without without the restrictions that we had, we would have said something at the lower end of the scale of the estimations for the Spanish flu. So although this is fortunately mild for most people at a societal level, that's not mild, has killed 0.25% of our population already. So, so the real question is, and, and uh, what I think, in my opinion, what, the way forward would be instead of just trying, at the moment, we are trying to vaccinate it away. And as long as there are hospital beds and intensive care beds for the people who are seriously ill, and everybody who is seriously ill can die in an ICU, we are fine. That's our approach at the moment. Yeah, And I'm, I'm not convinced that this is a clever approach. In, in a way, we actually generate the new variants. Because what we have is we have more and more people due to the vaccinations who are immune, and that exerts a selective pressure on the virus. And we get these, this Omicron, whatever it is, it is an escape variant. And latest figures show the number of COVID patients in Kent's hospitals is four times lower than this time last year, despite there being twice as many COVID cases. More than 11,700 people tested positive for coronavirus in the county in the week to last Saturday. 176 are currently being treated in hospital and 21 of those are on ventilators. The Kent Online Podcast.
with Ball in Maidstone. A Kent bar which was forced to temporarily close following reports of people being spiked with needles has reopened. The pitcher and piano in Tunbridge Wells had its licence suspended for a week after seven customers became unwell last month. Bosses say safety is their number one priority and enhanced security measures are in place. Work on a multi-million pound housing development near Canterbury has temporarily stopped amid a legal challenge. Full planning permission hasn't yet been granted for the four 100 home estate on the edge of Thannington, but diggers were brought in to prepare for construction last month. Well, a judicial review is being carried out at the High Court following claims the council has failed to consider the environmental impact. Elsewhere, a decision on whether to approve plans for a new Aldi in Kings Hill has been deferred following concerns about traffic. The supermarket is due to be built in Alexandra Grove on land that had previously been earmarked for housing. Councillors are worried, though, the company may have played down the congestion it could bring to local roads. Now, residents in part of Medway say they'll have to reconsider their futures if an industrial vineyard gets built. The plans for private land off Upper Bush in Cuxton include a wine production facility, cafe, visitors centre and car park. But those against it say the site borders a conservation area and fear it would impact wildlife and destroy greenery. These residents reckon local infrastructure won't be able to cope with added traffic either. It's just horrendous to think of lorries thundering along there either during construction or even just the traffic. The traffic is is already very busy and with... um, I think we've been quoted something like 300 visitors a day expected. Um, Obviously, that's going to have a huge impact. The developers want to invest £30 million into the building itself and another £60 million across the wider estate. Councillors Kay Hutchfield and Natalie Jackson from the local parish council are also concerned. Here, in an area of outstanding natural beauty, in uh, and next to a conservation area in the metropolitan Greenbelt. There are lots of, of, of reasons why this shouldn't be built here. This is a protected area. We're obviously quite a small village and we already have a significant flow of traffic. Already there is a huge amount of congestion on the A228 and our little village's junction connecting to the A228 is going to really suffer, especially when this happens. Now, the plans suggest a buffer zone would separate the development from the protected land, although councillors who are due to make a decision on the proposal this week have asked for more time to get further information. Kent Online reports. A potentially life-saving mobile breast screening unit has been removed from a Kent car park after being targeted by vandals. Windows have been smashed with catapults, doors damaged and the power supply cut. It's been visiting the co-op car park in Cranbrook for more than 10 years and residents say the vandalism is heartbreaking. The owners of an award-winning restaurant in Faversham want to increase the number of bedrooms available for guests to stay. Reeds on Canterbury Road is based in a Georgian manor and has previously been voted one of the top 100 places to eat in the UK. It's put in a bid to open 17 new rooms across a yard in a converted stable and on former tennis courts. Now, with just a couple of weeks to go until Christmas, it's thought 18 million cars will join the big Christmas getaway this year, with a warning the M25 will be particularly busy. The AA says travel for this festive season is expected to be back to pre-pandemic levels after last year's celebrations were cancelled and families had to spend time apart. Thursday, December the 23rd and Christmas Eve are predicted to be the busiest days on the roads. Now, a new activity centre based on the Ninja Warrior UK TV show has opened 
in Medway. The obstacle course, which includes the famous warped wall, is launching at the former Dickenswell building at Chatham Dockside. Ex-footballer Chris Kamara, who hosts the TV show, was there to welcome the first customers. It's brilliant. It's absolutely fantastic. And it's the biggest warped wall, which is as unique as you can get. So this is gonna be great. The people of Chatham will love it, absolutely love it. You know, you cannot fail to fall in love with Ninja Warrior, it's perfect. And the adventure part is for all the family, so it's gonna be great. What makes Ninja so special and so much fun? It's basically, you can do it as just anyone or you can be an expert that's the thing there are not many sports where you can do that and this is perfect we've got some ninjas here tonight from the show they'll be showing some of the kids how it all works and how to do it and then straight away those kids because i know from my grandkids they'll be up and at it and looking forward to coming back. And Louis Tomlinson's been spotted at a pub in Chatham. The former 1D star is said to have had his dinner at the Robin Hood on Bluebell Hill. You can see some pictures at Kent Online. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham face a trip to fellow strugglers Fleetwood Town this weekend. Both sides are down in the League One relegation zone with the Jills a place and a point below tomorrow's opposition. They've also played a game more. Well, Steve Evans' side suffered a 5-1 thrashing at Rotherham midweek and still have major injury concerns. We've been catching up with midfielder Danny Lloyd who says it is an incredibly tough time right now. I'd be a liar if I said to you everything was you know rosy and we're all we're all all right because we're not we're everybody at the club is feeling it at the moment. I've not been a part of a squad where we've had this many issue issues in terms of injuries where it's like it almost feels like every single game we can't get through a 90 minutes without a senior pro getting injured do you know what I mean? Um and you know, perfect example the other night. I just feel like at the minute we just keep getting cut from the knees. But we're doing all right in a game. We've we've managed to go ahead. You know, we're away at the league leaders and Max. Max does his shoulder. Not even his not even his dodgy one. This was the other one. This was the one. This was the good one. So it's just um, yeah. It, it is um, very strange. Very strange times that we are. We are. We do find ourselves in as, as a team, as a club. Um, but at the end of the day, we're we're still fighting. We've still got a, a fixture away uh, to fulfil on on Saturday at Fleetwood, and I don't think anybody can can look at the lads who are playing and, and say that they're not they're not trying the best. We are as a group of lads that you know the ones that are getting put out on that pitch on the weekend. We're we're, we're giving everything we've got. Um, we are just really short on numbers, and there's no there's no other way to get round that. Really, it's not you can't really you know dress it up any nice way. There's nothing I can say. It's 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 we're in the trenches at the moment, literally in the trenches. And um, but you know whoever gets put out there on Saturday will continue to fight for this club and for for the fans. That's what we do it for. We do it for obviously ourselves primarily because it's our job. And you know this is what puts food on the table for our families and stuff like that. So we do it for ourselves first of all. But we are all very aware that we represent this football club every time we put the shirt on. And you know me personally, I fully understand what that means for these fans. You know what I mean? We had 164. Fans travel up to Rotherham on Tuesday night on, you know, in December. Christmas is coming round and they're spending their hard-earned money coming to support us at Rotherham. 
and you know the walks does get a bit of a you know it's not like the other old times um on, on on the second half but you know we're trying our best you know we go down to 10 men we get someone injured and yeah it's uh it's tough very tough the lads that we put out now have got to really start taking taking the load and you know going and winning us football matches and getting three points myself included it's not for the ones to try and but this is a this really does feel like it's almost it's almost a six pointer really um we have to we have to win. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. You can follow the match action at Kent Online. And in cricket, England have staged a bit of a comeback on the third day of their first Ashes Test in Australia. They finished on 220 for two in Brisbane, still trailing the Aussies by 58 runs. Kent Zach Crawley, a reminder, is part of the England squad, but wasn't picked for this opening match. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can also now get access to the new ad-free Kent Online premium site. Just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.